Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Sarah. This is Jenna. We're from Name Three Songs. And today we're getting candid with Charlotte Sands. So now we're getting candid with Charlotte Sands. She's an artist making a name for herself in the rock world, notably touring with Five Seconds of Summer last year. Her debut album, Can We Start Over, comes out January 24th and combines her love of 2000s pop punk with the storytelling of folk singer-songwriters. All that, and she's headed out on a world tour in early 2024, including shows across the US, Europe, and Australia. So we're getting candid with Charlotte Sands about how she opens up during the songwriting process to access true vulnerability. Also how she's grown as an artist from making music as a teenager to now releasing her debut record. And on top of all of that, we're also getting into the stigma around viral fame and being labeled as a TikTok artist. So let's go chat with Charlotte. Hi, Charlotte. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I feel like we have a lot to talk to you about because you have had a very big year. Part of that being that you were able to tour with Five Seconds of Summer as well as the band Camino. You've had just like a lot of really big moments this year. Have you been able to take in everything that has been happening? I would love to (laughs) say yes, but I feel like I'm still trying to catch up. Honestly, I think it's That is definitely something that's like always difficult for me is just like being present and trying to like actually recognize what's going on around me. So yeah, yes and no. I'm very grateful and I'm very, I try to be present, but at the same time, it's a lot to just realize and a lot to be, doesn't feel like my real life sometimes. And so I'm trying to get better at that. (laughs) I mean, you're touring with like five seconds of summer, which to us is a big deal. Absolutely. It's so funny with Five Sauce is that was the band that for probably like four or five years, I told everybody in every meeting, I was like, I want to tour oh, with Five yeah. Seconds of Summer. That was always, and it was honestly because of the fan base. I've always been somebody who kind of like wants to tour with bands where I, when I like love their mm. fan base, even yeah. more so than the actual band. Luckily with them, I loved them so much as musicians as well, but I just was like, I'm a fan of theirs, but I also was just so obsessed with how much their fans loved them and how like much of it was like an army of these like people. And I I love being, I love playing shows for people like that. It makes it so fun. That's like automatically. I'm like, that's so nice to hear because I feel like musicians don't often talk like or think in this way, or if they do, they don't tell us, but like appreciating (laughs) the fans is so cool. And so for you, like being an opener, what, what was it like? Were you able to do any meet and greets? Were you able to like connect with fans in a different way? Honestly, like I wasn't really able to do a lot outside of the show because we were traveling so much that we were driving in like kind of like an hour before the show. We had like really long days to yeah. the point of like the, the, the honestly the fun thing for me was our sound check was like 30 minutes and it was after like Five Sauce had done their VIP. Yeah. So all these people, like a few hundred people would be in the like, oh, wow. arena already. And so I would have to sound check in front of all these people, but it would always be so fun because I would just be like singing and like waving and like trading bracelets with people. <laughs> and I got to like meet everyone at like the yeah. barricade before the show started. So I kind of just would steal their VIP <laughs> and be like, That's oh, you know, I love that. Like, it's like your own little fan club too. <laughs> I know. I was like, you guys all came here for me. Oh my God. And they're like, we have never seen you before in our entire lives. We don't even know your name, but thanks for being here. No, but they were so wonderful. And they were like such an incredible 
incredible group of people and just they somehow every single time I talk about that tour people are like oh I bet you played to kind of no one right because it was no. arena like and you were the opener and I was like most tours are like that like you only get a few hundred people probably in yeah. the time that they open the doors to the opener goes on especially in those size like venues but the venue was like almost full almost every wow. single night like their fans would wait yeah. outside wow. and get in as quickly as possible they like supported me so much and supported um arco the direct support and so it was just so wonderful like they were just couldn't have been kinder yeah. and more wonderful to like play shows for so i'm just i couldn't have gotten yeah there, i mean honestly. those people must just have no understanding of five sauce yeah. it's like those fans are just gonna be like oh well if the guys like these bands enough to bring them on tour then we have to like them right. enough and support everyone uh, or else <laughs> those kind of fan bases are just like the coolest thing to me because they just it's more it's more than just like liking the music it's trusting the opinion yeah. of the artists yeah. and like trusting the opinion of the entire band and knowing that like their choice means yeah. something to you which also like there's so much power in that and overall and just like trusting the opinion and like it's like the personal side of being an artist like trusting the actual person and being that involved but yeah it was so it was so rewarding and just being able to make these like actual connections when there's like 30,000 people in a room and I'm still able to like really feel like there's a bond I feel like that's very rare and I got I got very lucky wow I love that you were like ahead of time you were like no I want to tour them because their fans are amazing and then you didn't like their fans are amazing (laughs) I know They, they really showed up and honestly, this is like so funny to me, but there was like a show, I think it was mm-hmm. Poland and I had never played Poland before. And everyone was like, yeah, I don't know. Poland might be kind of like weird to play or no, I don't know how that's going to go. And I, when I announced my own headline tour after the Five Sauce tour, every single comment on my post is like, Poland. <laughs> oh my gosh. And it was like all the fans from that show. Whoa. And to the point where my like team was like, why is everyone commenting about Poland? And it was just because there was such a crazy turnover for like these young fans in this like young yeah. city that's like growing so much. And they're like, they cling on to yeah. music that comes there and they support it and they like pour everything into it. And so it was just like, it's so funny to witness that kind of stuff happen and be like, why do you, why are you, why do you care about me? It's I just so like nice. love real time <laughs> proof that like fangirls know what's up. Like, it's just like, <laughs> oh my God. It's so beautiful. In, in culture overall, yeah. They really choose just like what is popular in, in culture and everything. That's else. like the mission um, of our podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, there we go. <laughs> so, you recently released your single Blind Spot. This just came out, and you've kind of been building up with a series of releases since September. This series of songs seems to tell a story of unrequited love or a situationship. Can you tell us a little bit more about the inspiration and the story that you wanted to tell? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so for that song specifically, I mean, it's one of my favorite songs, if not my favorite song I've ever written. And it was just such like an organic thing, like the whole process of writing it just came really naturally and just like felt very special mm-hmm. the entire time. We never really were trying to write a, like a good song. It felt like we were just like, let's write something that we love. And then it happened to turn out to be a yeah. song that I actually think <laughs> is good too, which is wonderful. Thank God. Um, but yeah, that the whole song came came about. I started singing. Honestly, that chorus was just something that like I just started singing random words and this random melody over um, just like an acoustic guitar. And then we kind of talked about the story afterwards and like what kind of felt like it, what the song wanted mm-hmm. to be and like not trying to turn it into something that yeah. um, it wasn't, but just like letting it kind of turn into its own thing and what felt natural and to me it kind of just felt like this yeah like the story of 
being like watching someone that you love or you care about and you know all these things about and you're so close to but like not close in the way that you want to be and like kind of that pain that I think a lot of people have experienced of their friends or watching their friends have crushes on other people when you secretly when you know them better than that person and when you want them to like kind of talk about you the way yeah, that yeah. they're talking about somebody else to you we've all been there it's a canon event yeah and, I, and everyone's just like oh yeah what's that like ha 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 so for the more we started kind of talking about it i i just like love the idea of knowing these really specific details about somebody and knowing them so well but that's like not good enough and yeah so I I think that that's just like an experience that I've had in my life and like among others of just I think being on the outside of um, relationships and like witnessing like them your friends go through relationships and you're on the outside and kind of all these different things that kind of just poured into this song and I grew up on like Michelle Branch and Bonnie Raitt and Cheryl Crow and all these like incredible songwriters and I always have just wanted to make a song that kind of felt like that 90s, like acoustic, <laughs> yeah. sad yeah. story. And that is just like what what happened. And there we just tried not to worry about how long it was or like, yeah. oh, should we do three choruses at the end yeah. and that kind of stuff? We just kind of let it happen. And I was like, I'm writing this one for me and every, nothing else matters. And thankfully, some other people like it too. I'm very <laughs> happy about that. But um, for the most part, I was like, I'm going to be selfish and make this one for me and I'm I'm yeah I'm proud of it oh my god I okay I love this so much because like the song itself is just honestly like a gorgeous song and kind of a powerhouse and then hearing you tell like the behind I feel like I have chills just with like (laughs) you like letting the song come to life itself like that's so empowering to hear like the way you talk about wanting to breathe life into the art basically Thank you. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I've always kind of had, I feel like whenever people are like, how do you make music or how do you do this? Like, there's so much of it that I genuinely like, this is could be a completely different topic. I'm like, let's talk about religion. <laughs> um, no, there's so much of it that's like, to me is like a, is like a, even just like a connection to like, a muse mm. or like the universe yeah. of like, and I always try to, it can sound so cheesy. But for me, like a lot of my brain, I feel like I, the the music is already there and the song is kind of in the atmosphere around you and you just have to be like willing to Mm. grab it and like translate it into something that people can understand and I've always kind of seen that stuff as something that already exists you just get chosen to be the one who's the portal for that in certain ways and so I try not to like block it if it feels really natural and it feels like something is supposed to happen in a certain way I try not to be like well, why should we do this? It's yeah, like, no, that yeah. feels right. It feels easy. Let's just like bring it to life and help it like grow. And that is honestly like my job. Yeah. I feel like as a writer, yeah, just as like, an artist, yeah. yeah. No, I, I yeah. love this idea of like translating emotions into like a way other people can understand it. Like, I think that yeah. that's so cool because like we've talked to a, quite a few artists now about like how music is kind of this universal language that like. The song comes out, everybody hears the same thing, but they understand the song differently. So it's as if like their brain is like translating it to their own language once they hear the song. And therefore, like songs can have a thousand meanings. And I feel like it's so cool because every now and again, like there are people who like fully like are on the mark with what the artists meant like themselves but other times they're just like oh yeah like this is what I got from the song and it's like how did you do that and then you like can start this whole new (laughs) conversation about what music means to different people and it's just like it's so cool thinking about it like that 
Absolutely. And I also think that's why like music videos are mm-hmm. so cool. Like, and like, I think that because when I was growing up, I would, I would connect to a song in one way. Like I remember certain songs that I grew up on by like Sheryl Crow and stuff, like if it makes yeah. you happy and yeah. these things. And I was like, this is such a happy, <laughs> cool song. And then you like learn about like, you read about her talking about the song and you're like, oh, this song is about like really serious, like sad things and or you watch music videos and you see the visuals of like what Mm -hmm. the artist is like perceiving the song as and you're like oh that's your like interpretation of this song that's what always there's always like that second level is like the visual aspect I know I love so much I love like listening to a song that comes out and then going to find the music video and being like this is what they meant like I didn't even Okay, this is funny because like I am also a K-pop fan and in K-pop like music videos are like the primary medium of them storytelling like they build worlds in music videos and it's honestly wild like the layers of which like symbolism means in their music videos like for you like what is your process when you're when you're writing a song to when you're thinking about the video like are you already picturing that or how is that like for you? I mean, I, I love talking about this stuff. Um, it gets me so excited. I mean, honestly, I've always been a very visual person in the sense where I'm writing the song and I'm like writing down the music video, mm. like in a different note with the lyrics. Yeah. And I've always been that way. It's like, while the song is coming together in the studio, I have the music video idea. And if I don't, then I feel like the song's mm. not right a lot of the time. And like, it's so funny, like for Blind Spot, my original idea, the, the struggle is always being an independent artist and having like a budget to make, make my yeah. ideas come true or and having to find ways like to kind of be in the middle of those two things. But like for that song in particular, it's just so funny. But the my original idea was that I wanted it to be a doll that like this girl is like this little girl has this doll that she like grows out of and the whole music video is from the perspective of this doll kind of Mm. like toy story like just kind of gets left behind and she makes friends and then the doll doesn't get go to sleepovers anymore and then she goes to high school and it's so when people listen to the song they think it's about this relationship between like this girl being in Mm. love with somebody but when you watch a music video it's really about like you just loving somebody so much even as a friend and watching them kind of grow out of you or watching them kind of get closer Mm. to other people and that like kind of being I wish I could be that person to you which could also be a friendship yeah so many things and so that's what's always so interesting to me is being able to be like yeah I wrote the song about like a relationship but how many ways can we make this song live a different Mm -hmm. life and another so for me I was like I would love for people to see a music video after that and then be like oh my god it's about childhood and growing up and like growing out of your like Mm -hmm. childhood self even though that's like wasn't my intention when writing it but obviously I don't have like a crazy budget I'm not with a label and so I always have to find ways to kind of DIY and like break down okay like what is the emotion that I want to make people feel and how can I do that Mm -hmm. for like one percent of the cost (laughs) so for me with the first four singles that we had I was like, okay, the easiest, the cheapest way to do this is to shoot them all mm-hmm. in one day, which sounds ridiculous. But I was like, then you rent one studio. And then I was like, okay. Another thing that's expensive is like editing time. So what if we just did one takes and then oh my God. to edit the video? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so then <laughs> so my manager listening to this the first time being like, uh-huh, <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, go on. Why did I sign up for this? But I was like, okay, let's like find a way to make all these videos look different but be in the same space have them kind of be simple and then we'll just film one takes because for the most part that's just about 
who's like who, the camera operator just has to move mm -hmm. in the correct way no pressure at all and then yeah. i just have to like not mess up the <laughs> lyrics for like three and a half minutes which is also like my biggest yeah. fear in the entire world i was like if we can do that then we can make four music videos in like eight hours and for a fraction of the cost and that's what wow. we ended up doing for those first singles and then I just tried to find a way to make them all a little different. Like for Pity, I just made it go to yeah. black and white because I felt like it was grungier. And then for Blind Spot, I really wanted it to be like this behind the scenes of you watching me as a person, but also as an artist and me flipping in between kind of performing and then being like mm. myself and like how I would act backstage or before a show or before a music video or anything. And having those like back and forth and behind the scenes of that whole thing and taking like the audience with me. So I tried to change it a little bit each time, but it is so funny. People are always like, why don't you have a real music video? And I'm like, give me a million dollars and I will give you the best. You're like, find real You're music like, video. Pop, pop. Like I'm playing, I'm like, we're playing music. Yeah. You see a drummer. Yeah. It's a real music video. I'm like, oh I'm trying. Like, like I am out here doing my best. No, it's so funny. And it's, it's honestly, that kind of stuff is so rewarding because you work so hard mm. with so little that when it turns out, good you're i'm just so much more proud of it because i'm like you don't know what we had to do to yeah this happen i mean that's um, yeah that's honestly crazy so because all of these music videos like are gorgeous like by themselves so like you would never yeah <laughs> i would have never, never like thought, put that yeah. together without the behind story that's so nice yeah it is it's it's so it's always so scary but it, it is so rewarding i'm always i'm just like so thankful that i'm like i just also get to do that as my job like who am i to complain and be like i'm working hard like i get to like get like my makeup done and like sing songs that I love and work with people that are wonderful and kind and yeah it's not really anything I can be that upset yeah. about so I want to shift gears a little bit because I we love to talk about TikTok here <laughs> because it's, yeah. it's it's so interesting just love like it. how music discovery has changed and how like I don't know about you but like I grew up like in the MySpace era where like you're like discovering everything on the internet and then kind of there was like this dry spell of like it being a little bit harder to discover music online and then TikTok comes around Absolutely. and all of a sudden you're like discovering music every five seconds and trying to figure like trying to figure out like what yep. you actually like and like what's a flash in the pan moment and like you had like a big viral moment on TikTok like unquote start of your career like at the start of like what most people assume yeah. of your career and like for you in that how do you feel the app has changed like the way people view and digest music especially like being on this ride of like being discovered on there by most of your fans right. i mean it's so interesting because i think for honestly for a while i was like obviously i think every artist was went through a phase where they were like really frustrated yeah. with tiktok i loved it when it was yeah. working for me and i was like oh yeah this is sick this is what an easy ride but at the same time i also felt like because I mean, when it happened for me like three years ago or something like that, which is so crazy. Yeah. I, like that's so long <laughs> yeah. ago. But when that happened for me, I also was like really embarrassed by the fact that I had like I felt like I worked so long and so hard since I was like fourteen mm -hmm. years old and like making my own album at sixteen yeah. and all this stuff, and then all of a sudden I have a song blow up that because I posted about like yeah. Harry Styles and everyone's like TikTok artist yeah. and girl who like just joined social media decides to now make music and right so yeah. i really like kind of had this negative thing about it and i didn't like it being in like the title of yeah. the articles for me and then i kind of realized that i feel like i had like an ego death and i was like why does this audience deserve me less than a live yeah. audience yeah like why do the people on an app they're real people and they're yeah. like my song and they 
are like sharing mm-hmm. it and they're supporting it. Like why are my discrediting yeah, yeah, these yeah. real people any more so than I would if they were at my show? And so there, I feel like I had this whole like turnaround where I was like, oh, this is like a, pl- I'm just, I'm an entrepreneur <laughs> using a strategy. Yeah. I'm using it like yeah. I'm out here, like I have a business and I want to use a tool to amplify my business. Like yeah. who wouldn't do that? That just like isn't. So now I think I see it in that way. And I'm like, I would, no matter what I was selling, I would, I would use TikTok to try and promote it. And so, I mean, it's changed stuff so much also in the sense of having to get, get people's attention really quickly, I think is that already seemed like something that was such a challenge, just trying to grab people in such a small amount of time because they have so many other things Mm -hmm. they can look at and you have to be so good and so, yeah, you just have to grab everybody so, so fast. There's so much like competition for your yeah, brain and right. like what you're thinking about so that's just like a challenge I mean it's also but also at the same time I love the fact that you I've I found so many small yeah. indie artists and I've I feel like made such a connection to so many people all over the world that like will still comment on my stuff and share my stuff and I love that aspect of it yeah. and I think that it's changed the lives of a lot of artists that I love like Noah yeah. Khan and these people who people can look at it anyway but he's blew up this year because of yeah. that app It's a complicated system because unlike on Mm -hmm. MySpace, like people on MySpace didn't go viral. It was like you liked a band already. And then based off that band, there was like a whole process to it. Whereas on TikTok, it's like I was saying before, like you're fed something because it's popping off. And then you decide yourself if you're like, I'm going to be a fan or I'm just going to ride this viral moment. So I can imagine, like you were saying, like for an artist, that must be like a little bit stressful of like, is this ride going to last? Like... I've been waiting my whole life for this to happen, for people to find my music, for people to be this excited about it. But also it's like seeing the other people that it's happened to. It's like, it can go in like two vastly different directions. And that must be terrifying. Absolutely. I think the thing for me, that's also, I I'm really lucky in the sense of, I mean, when we had that moment, our entire goal was like, we know this isn't going to last. How do we take the people that are here right now and And sustain it? Like, yeah. 100% because I was like I don't want to be like an influencer and I don't I don't want to like be forever I mean I would love to pop off on TikTok every single day I'm not gonna lie and say I wouldn't but at the same time I always knew that I just wanted to play shows and that's when like I get people to understand like my music is like in the live thing so I I've accepted that a long time ago and was like okay how do we make these people like buy tickets how do we make these people Mm -hmm. show up in case this never happens again let's just plan on that never happening again and so we, I feel like, put a lot of, like, plans in place and didn't expect it to be, like, this reoccurring mm-hmm. thing. And thankfully, because it wasn't. I mean, I haven't had anything blow up or even, like, yeah. since then. And honestly, I'm I'm fine with that because it did what it, yeah. it could do for me. And I got to this place and I got to work with amazing people. And now I have, like, this sustainable thing that doesn't feel like it's just going to drop from yeah. underneath me. Yeah. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. I will say the thing, the thing that's difficult for me just as somebody who has – so many friends in the industry and has so many friends at like labels and all these things watching them and listening to them talk about the fact that their music is like being discredited because it's not blowing up on tiktok yeah and and there's so many people that are not like cannot release music because it's not blowing up on tiktok yeah they don't want to post it and things like that so they're automatically just kind of like blacklisted Mm -hmm. and they're like oh you know and there's and I just have so many friends like that they're like oh like oh my song won't blow up so I guess we're not releasing this one we're gonna move on to the next one it's so crazy no I mean so we've talked about like the music industry and how like historically there have been 
certain aspects of it, a lot of times record deals that kind of can trap people of like, oh, you're Mm -hmm. only allowed to sing like this type of music or like you're not allowed to release this album unless this success happens. Like you're kind of saying like this trade off. It's so crazy because it's like that coupled with having to use an entirely new platform that's very specific and how you need to market coupled with like the stigma of like, oh, you're a TikTok artist. Then it's like at the end of the day, art like music is meant to be art and like the communities that you can build online, like are still valuable communities. And it's just crazy that there's so many like bottom lines and like bureaucracies involved in all of this. When it's like, at the end of the day, we're all just humans trying to express ourselves and connect with each other. (laughs) (laughs) About the amount of times where like pop punk artists have prior to TikTok, some sort of like mainstream success or like borderline mainstream success then they get signed to a major label the major label doesn't understand them they get like washed to the side they have to make dumb music videos i just remember like all time low had to make one once where they were like had to i say as if i know them personally but it felt like they had to <laughs> at the time it, it felt forced yeah. on them um <laughs> but like that video where they're like making fun of like pop girlies music videos and like it just felt very like label contrived and like fans felt like it's like we have yeah, this idea yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and yeah. Felt, and, they're all in this like yeah, yeah, exactly room. and yeah. it felt and like fans felt like it was contrived and it's felt like the band kind of felt like it was contrived and you're just like watching this and it's like now hearing artists be like oh if my song does not become like viral where every single person likes it i'm not gonna be allowed to try and find success it's like all of these bands yeah. were for, like quote unquote forced to like become palatable to the general public and then they became unpalatable to their fan base. And so it's like it's like there's so many people it's who are so niche funny. famous and like have so much success where like they don't have other jobs outside of music. It's like I just cannot wrap my head around the like forcefulness of like trying to make everybody Ariana Grande when bands like any pop punk band that exists there's are so successful and like have that as the, like there's just so much space for music like let music yeah. happen there's so much space i know i complete i completely agree and also it's just i think the thing for me is it's like so it's so disappointing the thought of like songs like yeah. dying because they just don't blow up and yeah. they don't go viral like the amount of music that yeah. is just like never gonna yeah. come out now because of an app is, is kind of i mean it's it's such a like a double-edged sword because there's so many artists that would have never had honestly followed their that dream and that path if they didn't blow up probably they there's so many people that had were working at like random stores or coffee shops and all this stuff and then blew up and had the success and now they're signed and have are touring you know and it's that's beautiful and wonderful but yeah there is like a weirdness to the fact of yeah just like having to blow up and I think there's also Honestly, like something that was really weird for me was the fact that I, and I've talked to my team about this a million times because I was like, I never have been somebody that has ever, like, I never feel comfortable, like putting myself out on Mm -hmm. social media. Like, I don't want to make videos like talking about myself and I don't really like, I'm like, I can be an outgoing person, but I don't want to like talk about, right. This is the song, the story behind my like childhood (laughs) trauma that made me write this song. Like that's not really anything I ever wanted to do and I still don't want to do so there is this also weird like you have to be deep and you have to be personable and you have to Mm -hmm. like share but it's almost like forcing people to be this like new personality and version of themselves when like I'm not I don't really want to 
I don't want to like touch on like celebrity drama just to get like likes yeah, right. and for people to go find my music yeah. that has nothing to do with that, you know? And and so there's things like that that I'm just like, it is really weird. It does kind of feel like it can feel like violating it sometimes because it's just like, it's it's not about the music. So much of it is right. not about the art and about anything. It's just about like the attention that you're getting from it and the clicks and the likes and the all those things. So it, it's so hard. It's like, you're so grateful, but it's also just like, wow, this is really difficult and so diff- so much more difficult for so many other people as yeah. we are artists. And so it's such a weird, it's such a weird situation. Yeah, it, yeah. It's so, it's so crazy. It's so insane. And I mean, like you mentioned earlier how you're still an independent artist and like you, you do, you like you release your mm-hmm. music through CS records. So like your own entity, basically. Yeah. Was this something that was like always very important to you? Because I can imagine like after going viral, you must have gotten some calls of like some very lucrative sounding opportunities but yeah. I'm sure, like, since you've been making music since you were quite young, you probably had more of an idea than other artists who just jump at the first offer that they're given might have. Well, yeah, I think that a huge thing for me was I was expecting, like, to get these mm-hmm. offers. And I've I've always been, like, a very, I, I'm a controlling <laughs> person when it comes to, like, my career. <laughs> and also because I think, like, a lot of women get to do things the way that you want them to be done, yeah. you have to do it yourself a lot right. of times. Yes. And I think that, that <laughs> um, yeah, we're all like, yes. Um, yes anyway. yeah. And so for me, I, I was really used to just kind of doing things my way and doing them and being in control of everything. Because if something fails, it's nobody's fault mm. but my own. I love knowing that. So when Dress blew up and all that stuff happened, like we had label conversations. But I think I just, I was kind of naive to think that they would just be nicer and better than they were, like the yeah. offer wise. Yeah. It's the sense of, just more beneficial to Never. the artist. Yeah. Never. I think, <laughs> yeah, silly me. And for me, I've always been really, the pr- really, really proud of the fact that I yeah. own everything. Like, I own my songs. Yeah, and I think yeah. with the whole Taylor Swift mm-hmm. thing happening and all this stuff, you're like, oh, that's like, there's power in owning yeah. your own art. And I think there was this huge fear that I started having just about the thought of, like, somebody being able to do whatever they wanted with, like, stories of my life Mm, and my relationships and my family and like and these experiences that are super personal and yes they're like out in the world for anybody but I want to be able to choose what happens to them and so when somebody comes in and they're like hey we want 85 percent of every song you've ever written for the rest of your life you're kind of like I'm like yeah I could take like a big chunk of money right now or I could just keep everything yeah that if I keep working just as hard as I'm working right now like I will get to where I want to go it just might take longer and I'm fine with that honestly you've had like a really great year so I feel like it's going well for you (laughs) and also just like the thing of like there's less red tape of like even if you sign that Mm -hmm. deal you don't exactly know what roadblocks you might come into but kind of thinking of this you do have an album coming out January Mm -hmm. called can we start over you know we've mentioned like a lot of people think like you know TikTok is like the beginning of your career but like as someone who's an artist who's been making music like you've been making music. And so for you, what has this journey been like of being an artist, writing, being into music since you were 14 and now having this yeah. full body of work to be like, this is me. I am Charlotte Sands. Wow. What, what a question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so strange. It's, it's so overwhelming and so wonderful. I mean, I have been like for years and years been asked like when I was going to be releasing my album and like when is like the actual project of work because I was just doing single after mm-hmm. singles and because yeah. that's kind of like what I wanted to do mm-hmm. at the time and then I was always like I don't want to make an album unless I like know that I want to make one and unless I'm like excited about it and I have a bunch of songs that I feel like go together and 
I'm just not going to force it. And especially when you, or you don't have people telling you you have to do something mm-hmm. at a certain time. It's like, well, there. why would I? You know, like I'm my own boss, luckily. So it's like, if I don't want to do something, I don't have to do it. And I literally didn't even plan on writing this album. And I went to LA in March, I believe, and worked with these three guys, Keith Sorrells, Alex Nicefro, and Dudes. And in like the first day, we wrote my first single that I released off this album. And the second day, we released the, se- we wrote the second single. And the third day, we wrote the third <laughs> single. And then the next time I came back to LA, we wrote Blind Spot, which was the fourth single. And so it just kind of like back to back, I was like, oh, this is special and yeah. something's happening. And this feels like me. And it doesn't feel like I'm trying to be anybody mm-hmm. else. It just feels like what I'm supposed to be doing. And I immediately called my team and was like, I think I'm, I think I'm making an album. I'm not trying to, but I think it just like kind of yeah. fell into my lap. And um, I have all these songs I really love and they all should, they all deserve to be out in the world and I'm, I want to put them out. And so that was like the entire experience of making an album for me, which, which is also like crazy. That was only just like a few months ago that yeah. we started working yeah. on it. And so, yeah, it's been, it's been wonderful. And I, it's so fun to still be able to listen to these songs months later and still be so excited and mm-hmm. so proud of them. And I definitely have songs on it that I think people are going to be really surprised by just in like sonically it's just like something I've never really done yeah. before and then some that I just like were like I don't know this is fun let's do it and I there's just no pressure for me because it's just honestly as you said something earlier about like people being forced to make yeah. certain stuff by their teams and whatnot and videos and I think this is so funny but I genuinely think like fans and audiences nowadays are too smart to the fact where they know the second something is forced. They know the second something is manufactured. And I, my whole thought process was like, this will only work if it is so through and through Mm me, like completely just my own, whether like people are like, yeah, this is cool or not. I think people only buy on and like want to be a part of this like journey if they know that it's like yeah I don't love that song but like Charlotte (laughs) did so I guess they're like has some something to it or like I still support the fact that she likes that like I feel that way obviously I'm not comparing myself to Taylor Swift but um I feel that way about Taylor Swift in the sense of like even songs of hers that aren't my favorite I'm just like I love her mind and I love that she picked this one even though it wouldn't wouldn't have been my choice but I love the fact that this was her decision and that's interesting to me and so I try to just like do stuff that feels genuine, even if it's like people disagree or if even it's just like part of my story. And I think that's what people want is they want to like be a part of my art and hope that people like some of it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one song. That would be great. <laughs> just I one. I mean, it seems like people are already asking. excited about the singles you've put out. So I feel like you already don't Thanks. need to worry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I love the little like question mark I'm at the like, end, but I I'm really like, appreciate You're going to be okay. <laughs> like, I'm maybe, like, it's going to be all right. I think you're going to be fine. I hate personally hate the songs, but I think you're going to be okay. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know why you're no, concerned. So I'm like, do I need to be questioning no, the fact you. that I liked the songs? <laughs> like, Charlotte. I know. It is forever. That is so nice. It is forever just being like, what am I doing? Like, why? what am I doing here? Like, who invited me to this party? I should not be here. Oh but gosh. I feel like that makes artists yeah. more likable when you're kind of like, oh, they're all, they're like confused. Cause they. <laughs> yeah. Forever. I'm forever confused. I'm just a girl. <laughs> That's my favorite new trend right now. Just, uh, it's like, you can do anything you want, but then whenever you want to, you can just be like, I'm just a girl. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> 
love that for us. So in following this album coming out at the start of 2024, you also just announced your headlining tour, which is like a world tour. You're going basically everywhere, which is very cool. And obviously you like think a lot about visuals. And so I'm really curious if like, especially after our conversation earlier about like you writing about the music video kind of while you're writing the song, like as you knew that like this tour was like going to be announced and like you're being told like, oh, you're going to get to do a headlining tour and it's your tour. Are you already thinking about this visual aspect and like what you're going to bring to the fact that like you're headlining and this is your show? Yeah, absolutely. I'm so terrified, (laughs) honestly. Um, I am so excited, but like today, like every call that I've had today is I'm just like, how are we gonna, how are we gonna make this cool? (laughs) Like, I'm just, it's because it's so exciting. But I also just like, I just want to do it justice. Like the fact that people like buy tickets to come sing these songs together and like to come and like hang out and like make mm. friends and like be this like beautiful, wonderful community of people and like listen to my music is just like the coolest thing in the whole world. And so I just always am like, how do I do this mm-hmm. justice? And like, yeah. how do I make their time worth it? But I'm already 100% like, how am I going to make this at least worth everyone's time and memorable and just feel like an, a fun experience that I would go to that show and I'd be like, I, I'm so yeah. glad I went to that. And that was worth every penny and I made friends and I would all that stuff and so yeah I'm, I'm thinking about it I'm thinking about like how I want exactly how I want it to look and exactly what songs I want to play and how I want them to flow into each other and I want it to feel like a really like a full experience from front to back and like this new era of me but also just like paying respect to the songs that yeah, everyone like yeah. a lot of people yeah, found yeah. me on so yeah I'm, I'm really excited though I can't believe I'm like I'm playing so many places that I've I mean, I've never even been to Australia and we're doing like three shows yeah. there. It's very, <laughs> That's very awesome. Surreal. That's so exciting. I know. It's so wild. Oh I'm my gosh. Yeah. Excited. I mean, okay. So you have album, you have tour, you have so many exciting things coming out. I know Sarah and I will be paying attention to both. I know that we will definitely be coming Thank to see you. you on tour. And Yay. as a little final wrap up question, we'd like to ask everyone the same thing, which is that the ethos of Name Three Songs is to empower fangirls. And we think it's important to celebrate the things that we love unapologetically. So Charlotte, what are you a fangirl of? Oh my goodness. Oh, that's so difficult. I am a fangirl of, I would say, I mean, I mentioned her like so many times. I would say I'm a fangirl of like Cheryl Crow. I'm a fangirl of women in yes. music yeah. and just women, women having ownership of their lives and their careers and their bodies. That snaps. Amazing. Snaps to that. <laughs> <laughs> a beautiful note to end there you go. Amazing. Love. Thank you, Charlotte, for joining us today. This has been great. Thank you so much for having me. I had the best time with you guys. I love talking to artists when it feels like we're just on the same wavelength Mm -hmm. of like, I get you, you get me. This is great. We're seeing each other as human beings, as artists, as people in the music world. And that's, it's so clear that Charlotte is truly just someone who loves music so much and wants to share that with others. I know. Like, I I was just so amazing listening to her talk and kind of like, I think we've been thinking a lot about the conversation around like lyricism and like what songs mean to people and her also relating to that of like putting to words emotions that like people might not know how to put to words and that kind of thing like it was just so interesting to hear like her take on it and then expand on that with her after doing so many interviews together and having the conversation about like lyricism and like fans interpretation of song versus artists interpretation of their song and like how songs can develop new meanings for everyone. I just thought it was like so interesting to hear her take on that. And I also love how she's 
opening up herself to the music to mm-hmm. hear what needs to be said and not trying to go into it with any agenda. And that's something that also was mirrored in our interview with Saran mm-hmm. um, in which he says, go in with no expectations and see what speaks to you. And I love that. Yeah. Cause like when she was talking about the record, she was like, yeah, I wasn't even like really planning on this. I didn't know when it was going to be the right time to make the record. And then she went into the writing room with three people and it just was like one single after the next, after the next, like one day at a time. And she was like, wow, we're really cooking, <laughs> cooking with gas here. Like we have something amazing happening. And it was just so cool listening to her talk about that process as well. Yeah, absolutely. So if you guys want to check out her record, it comes out on January 24th. Thanks y'all for getting candid with us and Charlotte Sands. This has been Sarah and Jenna from Name Three Songs. And if you want to listen to this again, it will be on our podcast feed this Sunday. And to get your pop culture fix, you can listen to new episodes of Name Three Songs podcast every Wednesday. That's name the number three songs on all podcast platforms. And today we're leaving you off with a teaser of next week's guest, Hotel Mira.